on Young Nostalgia. It's hammer time. Let's take a look. Hello and welcome back after a short extended break, but you're tuned back into Young Nostalgia. I'm Nolan. As always, Ben is beside me and... You may hear our voices in a little bit different light because now we are both secured, taken men that cannot be fondled by any of our fans. Ben, how are you doing today, big guy? Interesting choice of words. I'm doing good. How are you doing? Right. <laughs> good. Not bad. The nice thing is that our wives are not fans of ours. They're just supporters. They never actually listen to a yeah, full Yeah, we could talk about whatever we want and they would never know. I know. I know. The only bad thing is that Michelle is on this other side of this wall that... <laughs> Due to how loud I talk, you can hear me say every word in the entire apartment. Okay, so. be careful. I know, I know. <laughs> she heard. <laughs> That's funny. I love Michelle. She, she's great. She's great. <laughs> you didn't say that loud enough. I know, I know. <laughs> she's great. <laughs> Can't stand it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she's fantastic. Um, yeah, but hey, extended break, but we're so happy to be back. Episode 111, filmed in front of a live studio audience. Dude, we don't have any canned about- laughter. <laughs> I know, yeah, right. I'm sure we could probably actually get it in like the the uh, pre- preloaded, um, preloaded sound bits in Anchor. But uh, yeah, episode 111, uh, we're going to be taking a recap through the 1990s with the hot takes of what prices were as well as top... TV shows, uh, happenings throughout the years. So, yeah, just a quick and easy, nice episode to ease back in to the podcasting world. We apologize for taking a quick break, but as life always happens, um, it gets kind of crazy. And especially with long vacations such as Ben's wedding and all that good stuff, it's been hard to, to line up and get back down. But we're here. We're here for you guys. Yeah, we are not, you know, uh, uh, contrary to what people might think just by hearing our wonderfully produced show, uh, we are not professional podcasters, so we do have day jobs. Yes, <laughs> we do not We do not get paid legally to podcast. <laughs> I know it's hard to tell, but uh, yeah, this isn't our full-time gig. Right. Uh, Steve, <laughs> our producer, is, has been off on vacation ever since day one, so... <laughs> We've been having to to stumble through this and produce our own shows ever since the beginning. Like we conned him in because we uh, we helped him take care of a situation, so he was he was obliged to to produce one show for us. And then after that, we haven't even heard from him ever since. So hopefully he's okay. But we just thought he didn't like us. But turns out there's a little bit deeper of a secret. Yeah, it uh, may or may not rhyme with witness perfection. Right. Yes. Yes. And if you listen to 60 Minutes this next week, that is not our voices being distorted. So we are not the witness of that crime. God, what the hell's wrong with us? Yeah, we're going to get a mysterious knock on the door tomorrow. I know. I know. Hopefully you guys missed us. All right. What do you think, big guy? Anything else before uh, life, life, uh, life experiences to get over before we hop in? Uh, I don't think so. I think we got a lot of content coming up and we should maybe dive right into it. Let's do it. Shoot, I took your line. Can you say it? <laughs> Let's do it. Oh, I was waiting for the, the transition. 
Okay. <laughs> Professional podcasters. Right. Totally forgot <laughs> how to podcast. All right. What's up, dude? Let's go through 1990s. Let's see what's up on the uh, in the decade that we were both born in. Yeah, I remember well, obviously all of this that's to a the T. highlight of this episode. Really, <laughs> I know <laughs> we were born. So Ben, b- b- okay, you were born in '94, right? Yes. Okay, I think you're like a month and a half older than me. Pretty sure. Mm, yes, I believe that is correct. Because yours is September 26th. Yes. And then I'm November 15th. So yeah, eh, maybe a little bit over a month and a half. Yeah, pretty close though. Older, cool. older and superior. So, <laughs> dang it! This is, I have no defense against that. I literally have nothing against that. <laughs> all right. So, just like we've done all the other uh, decades in a nutshell, we kind of talk a little bit about average prices, earnings, that sort of thing. So, <clears throat> first on the list, we have a hundred dollars in nineteen ninety would be equivalent to about $150 in today's money. Um, so also in 1990, we have uh, the new the cost of a new house being about $123,000, and that ended up going up to about 130, almost $132,000 by 1999. Um, and I did kind of bring up some figures from the previous shows we've done on this from 1980 and 1970s just for a little bit of a comparison here so we see uh 123 to $131,000 but if we look back in 1980 it would be right around 69,000 to 120,000 1970 being 23,000 to 58,000 so we kind of see the rate that housing costs going up is dropping a little bit. Um, right. We don't see as big of a gap between the beginning and the end of the decade as we've seen before. And that's kind of a trend that we'll see going through the rest of these numbers as well. That's kind of interesting. Um, <clears throat> we have average income from beginning to end of the decade. We have 29000 to all the way up to 40000 um, gallon of gas, uh, average was a dollar 34, but in night by the end of 1999, it was actually down to a dollar 22, which is kind of interesting that with everything else going up, we see the average cost of a gallon of gas going down. Right. Right. Which is also super interesting. And like, just if you take into context, the state of the world throughout the nineties, like, this was kind of when a lot of stuff in the Middle East was ramping up, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting just based on the clashes throughout the world. Yeah, yeah. Based how, on how it all looked like. Kind of the chaos that was going on in the rest of the world that prices would go down. But this isn't the first time we've seen this either. Um, right. Uh, the last episode for the 1980s, uh, everything else was going up by a fairly large margin. But we saw a gallon of gas start at $1.19. And by the end of 1989, it was actually down to 97 cents, less than a dollar. Um, so right. this is right. this would be two decades in a row that the average cost of uh, 
a gallon of gas was down. And see, if you kind of look at it, it goes from beginning of 1980, $1.19, $1.89.97. And in very, very uh, short period of time in 19, you know, going from 89 to 90, it went up to $1.34 and mm-hmm. then back down to $1.22 in 1999, which is kind of weird that there would be a huge spike right around um, New Year's at the end of the decade, which is kind of interesting. Right. Absolutely. Uh, uh, you know, maybe we can attribute this to the finding of like founding of like Costco and Sam's club. They like had the average price of gas lower. Oh, maybe like, uh, yeah. The, the beginning of, uh, like membership stores wholesale. Yeah. Wholesale. I, who, who knows, man? I, you know what? I said that as a joke, but now I'm kind of like, maybe. Yeah. I don't off the top of my head. I don't really know when stores like that were founded, but I would, Probably it makes sense that it would be in eighties uh, and nineties. Oh, look at that! Nineteen eighty-three, Costco found in Seattle. Awesome. What about uh, what about Sam's Club? Uh, that is away on this super awesome. loud keyboard. <laughs> also, nineteen eighty-three. Just a few months earlier, though, that was in Midwest City, Oklahoma, and Seattle, Washington, was the home for Costco. Okay, so. Costco was in September of 83 and Sam's Club was in April of 83. Okay. Huh. Yeah, it's definitely would have to be a driving factor on this average cost of a gallon of gas. It doesn't necessarily equate to the drop in the 90s um, other than probably just like a price war between companies like that. Um, right. Interesting. Huh. And the last thought. And the last one on the list here, we have average cost of a new car. Uh, 1990 was about $16,000. By the end of 1999, it was up to about $21,000, which is a, that's a pretty substantial jump. Wow. I know. It, it just feels like in the terms of, of changing, and I know we've talked about this before too, I wonder why like automobile costs skyrocket more than almost anything else. Uh, I would definitely contribute that to uh, the. There was a huge rise of electronics in cars in the 90s. Um, We saw it a little bit. You could see a little bit in cars dating all the way back to late 70s with the emergence of like electronic ignition and stuff like that. But going through the 80s, it was it was there and it was just kind of beginning. It was still kind of antiquated and there was a really you know the super luxury models had a lot more electronics than than uh like the consumer grade vehicles um but definitely in the 90s you see a huge jump in amounts of uh creature comfort based electronics in vehicles interesting like ac but then also like the mass producing of like cds and then cds in cars and all that oh good yeah stuff. stereo systems i mean like stuff like power seats and uh power windows power locks i mean it was had been a, an option for a long time but you see it more and more you see it on the lower end trim levels of vehicles you know what i mean right like the, right. the things that That's were crazy. once like uh uh, top of the line, you had to pay for the top trim package. Those features, you start seeing them more and more on the lower levels of vehicles. Right. <clears throat> wow, that's crazy cool. I mean, it sucks because that's a lot of money, but oh. interesting how it all plays a part. Oh yeah, I mean, 
1999, $21,000. I mean, and that's probably, I don't know what they're pulling these average costs from, whether it was, I'm assuming they're doing kind of like mid-level vehicles, taking right, kind of right. like an average price. Um, right. But now, I mean, $30,000, I think, is about the minimum you can ever buy a new vehicle nowadays. And that's all like, yeah. that's that's all like bare bones, uh, super yep. compact cars. Right. It's nuts, dude. Mm-hmm. And then by the time you drive it off the lot, you'll maybe get ten grand out of it. Yeah, no kidding, no <laughs> kidding. But pretty, if you want anything, you know, that's pretty nice, super name like American brand or anything like that, that with anything above like your normal trim level, you're not gonna find anything for less than fifty, sixty, and sometimes seventy thousand dollars. Yeah, man, it's nuts. Which was double the average price, which was double the average income of 1990. Right. <clears throat> All right. Worth it. Kind of went through some of the costs there. Why don't you take us starting off into the year to year kind of uh, big topics? Let's do it, man. Uh, okay. 1990 kicks us off. Nelson Mandela is released from prison in South Africa and becomes the leader of the ANC. Uh, Tim Berners Lee publishes a formal proposal to the World Wide Web. What? That's kind of cool. Pro- I, I, I know a proposal for <laughs> the World like, Wide Web, right? So it wasn't necessarily like acknowledged as a thing yet. Correct. It was just starting to, because there had been computer networking and and that sort of thing for a while, but this was more. Oh of, yeah. You know, this was on a large scale, full large scale. Right. 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 Yeah. Because like before, it was kind of like there might have been like one major like website, right? But it. You could communicate with people, but it was mainly like in code, wasn't it? Like it was pretty much just like a coding website, uh, if I remember right. I don't really know. I don't really know what it was, uh, how that worked early on. I think there still was a way to communicate and exchange information, but it was more based on uh, very, very antiquated. I mean, it was still basically phone technology, and I think it was person to person. It wasn't necessarily like full servers running websites or anything like that i think you could right. you could connect your machine you could uh connect it to a different machine in a different place but it was more of a kind of a one-on-one basis in okay super that super simplistic terms right right that makes sense um east and west germany were you reunited after the collapse of the soviet union in 1990 so which is kind of a big deal. That was kind of nuts. That was kind of like the key transition point of like the Cold War going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a huge deal. I, I always think it's pretty pretty cool, you know, finding stuff at, uh, you know, swap meets and flea markets and that sort of thing and, and seeing, uh, you know, made in West Germany or whatever printed on, right. printed on the bottom. I've got some stuff laying around the house here that uh, still says East Germany or, yeah. Yeah, it would, it would say East Germany on it. No way, man. That's just crazy. Like, I can't even imagine being in, in an environment in a place that is like that, dude. It's just crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't even imagine. Are we alternating every one or you want to take the next couple? Uh, yeah, I can do a couple. Uh, 1991, the internet becomes available for unrestricted commercial use, um, which is kind of nuts. Like... 
unrestricted commercial use. So within a year of it being proposed as this is what the internet should be, and now it's up and running. I mean, by by no means was it widespread. It was probably just like, I, I like, I I shoot. I, well, I, I is, guess I don't even know like, more what kind of, of means that you're gonna need. This was more of laying out the framework and the the software infrastructure of what we would recognize as ah. the internet today. Um, okay. You know, not like it immediately took off. It was more of a, like, this is how it's going to be done. These are the protocols that we're going to use um, and that sort of thing, kind of laying out the groundwork. Okay. Which which is so crazy and groundbreaking because this kind of thing is just, like, never known to exist, you know? Mm-hmm. People, like, the fastest kind of communication you could ever have with people is just calling them up on a phone. But now you can have these, like, electronic devices that you could literally communicate across the country with. In and at some point, and in your choice of about one zillion different communication forms, right, right. You know, pretty much every online service has its own messaging platform. You know, forums, forum pages, uh, you name it. It's pretty much the possibilities are endless. And now they're, you know, it's been around for quite a while. Voice over uh, internet. Uh, uh-huh. you know, so you don't even necessarily need a, uh, phone line or cellular service to make phone calls because you can just route your phone calls directly over the internet if you wanted. Right. Isn't that freaking nuts? And like back in the day, they were probably only dealing with like kilobyte of data, like kilobyte size of data. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, this is at a time where if you have a gigantic file, it's still being measured in kilobytes. Right. You know, now we're getting into, you know, files that are, you know, 10, 20 gigabytes. And, <laughs> right, right. you know, there's stuff that's still measured in gigabytes and you look at it and you're like, oh, that's not so big. Right. Yeah, yeah that's not so big. That, that'll take like 20 minutes tops. Yeah, just to download. And now with like hard drive transfer speeds and all that, that stuff, I mean, there's times when right. I'm going from hard drive to hard drive on my, my PC here and it's measuring the transfer speed in gigabytes per second. <laughs> right. You know? Isn't that freaking crazy? Yes. I mean, it's, it's amazing how, how, fast, <laughs> how fast that moves. Yeah, it's nuts. And it just keeps on getting faster and faster. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the lead singer of the band Queen, Freddie Mercury, uh, passed away of AIDS in 1991 as well. Mm-hmm. And I know this kind of was like a big time of kind of the awareness of what AIDS HIV was uh, and kind of a big push to bring science up to speed and, and really start looking at it more closely as well. Cause he was, he was kind of like one of the first major pop pop culture icons to really like be recognized as he had this. Right. And, and it's, it's a thing. And it, uh, I won't say it wasn't, I don't want to say it. It's when he died, he, it hadn't been known for very long, public, very long that he had AIDS. Um, right. It was only. Because there was a lot of a, like speculations and people just knowing that he hasn't been out very much and mm-hmm. he looks very just like thin and not okay. Right. And so people. You know, people who weren't necessarily paying super close attention, they heard that he had AIDS and then they heard he died. Like in, it was in the, the range of like a few days, I'm pretty sure. 
um, that there yeah, was, like it was an it was official public release. And so people are seeing this and obviously it's a super, uh, you know, it, it's a terminal illness. And so I think we see a little bit of panic from people based on, you know, stories like this because they, it's like they release that he has AIDS and then boom, he passes away. And, right. you know, ultimately he had had it for quite a while before that. And it wasn't quite as quick as, as, you know, it didn't happen as quick as it seemed, but I think a lot of people saw that and, uh, it was kind of frightening at the time. Right. Right. And, and I can't remember exactly. Like, I don't know. It's, it's not really like AIDS that kills the person, right? It's that their immune system is so weak. So like something like a common cold or like pneumonia. Yes. Yeah. You don't. Them. Yeah. I mean, okay. it's, it's. I mean, I guess it's just like a heart attack. You know, you have a heart attack. You don't die of the heart attack. You die of, you know, lack of blood flow. You know what right, I mean? Right, right, right. It's so yeah. you don't, yeah, you don't actually die from AIDS. You die with, of, that's why it's all listed, list, like official cause of death is listed as like uh, complications due to AIDS because it does oh, just right. destroy your immune system. And the, the littlest right. thing that, you know, you'd normally not even notice you were sick with, um, like a mild cold would you could die from that right that's just crazy and 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 we if you go back you can find one of our episodes about uh bohemian rhapsody the biopic about queen and they kind of explore the way uh behind the scenes of how uh freddie and close friends had to uh deal with uh deal with that illness mm-hmm. so that's crazy good okay so after that why don't you take on these next two years Okay, so we have 1992. Uh, European Union is created when the Maastricht, I'm, I think I am pronouncing that correctly, treaty is signed. Um, so that was kind of a, a big game changer for the way uh, European countries really kind of did, you know, all of their commerce um, and interacted with each other. Um, right. And going along with that, also in 1992, Euro Disney is opened in France. Um which I Euro Disney, I think, is the first Disney establishment outside of the United States. I'm pretty sure that that would be the first one. Okay, I I mean I could I could totally see that. I mean I'm just going That's on. Crazy. It makes sense that the first one outside of the United States would be in Europe. Right. Everyone should take everything we say verbatim and believe it. Right, because we're always right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> But but it is kind of cool and and, and crazy. I mean, it, it makes sense because like you would think the first like na- nation thing to adapt like a very Americanized version of you know kids stuff. I guess yes. it would make sense yes. that it would, I would, it would ex- be in Europe. I would expect sure. it to be Europe, and then it would move east from there. Right, right. That's good stuff. Been to Disney World once. Fantastic experience. Honestly, I'm not really sure. I want to say that maybe I have, but it would have been I would have been so young that I don't think I really remember it. Okay. Would you want to go as an adult? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Is it because of the people? Well, it's the people, it's the I don't feel like taking out a loan for a vacation. <laughs> yeah. That's um, true. Yeah, there's no way. You couldn't I don't think you could pay <laughs> me to go to Disney. <laughs> okay, so so if you got a free all-inclusive trip to Disney World, you wouldn't take it? I mean, is there an option to like cash it out? 
No, uh-huh. it's either you go or, or or they pass it on to the That's next. That's a bummer. Winter. I would have to winter. think on that one, but <laughs> <laughs> like including airfare, like they will bring your booty into Disney World. Include is is food included? All inclusive. All right, I probably you do have to I pay pr- for beer by yourself, but everything else. Is, oh, is, is that included. might be uh, <laughs> that might be the deciding factor there. <laughs> <laughs> they serve beer in Disney? They would have to. All those parents walking so, around yeah, with the sure. they'd need a beer. Yeah, I know. I like like it probably costs like thirty dollars a beer though at Disney. Oh I know. You'll you'll probably only get like a twelve ounce or not even a pint. Oh, I would be willing to bet it'd be less than twelve ounces. Ten ounces. Because as, exp- as expensive as they are, they still don't want people walking around all boozed up. Yeah. That's true. That's true. But if I have to listen to "It's a Small World" one more time, I mean, I'm going to be shotgunning those things. Oh my gosh, yes! And you're 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 walking in there with a, uh, with a uh, the uh, gosh, what's the thing? Uh, flask in your oh in yeah, your with pocket flask. <laughs> just to get through the day. Right. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. Nothing will ever ever take place of like the joy of a, of like your own kid in, in an environment like that. So. Obviously, I would do it for that, but dang, good stuff. I mean, Disney World is is just a an experience for sure, a good one, but an experience. All right, moving on. Nineteen ninety four. Hopefully, we just didn't alienate a whole bunch of people. We like Disney World. Uh, we approve. Yeah, yeah. For the sake of the listeners, yeah. So, 1994, Nelson Mandela becomes president of South Africa after being elected in the country's first multiracial elections. Um, obviously, this is important to have in there because it's a major point in history, but it's also interesting to have talk about Nelson Mandela in here because we did do that show on the Mandela Effect, and that's kind of the... Right. His life and death i guess would be kind of the basis of that whole phenomena right um so if you don't know what we're talking about go right on ahead and listen to that past episode <laughs> right we keep on referring to these past episodes yeah. but we never know when it actually occurred uh, we just yeah. know that it did uh, occur we were actually just talking about this how we need to be better about documenting what show numbers yeah. correspond to with what topics and if we were actually on the ball, I could tell you exactly what show number it was, but I can't. Right. So. right. All of our show docs is episode numbers and then numbers of dates or whatever, and then nothing actually really makes sense. Nope, it does not. Kind of uh, as an oversight when we first set up our file structure. Right. But it's organized to the fact that it's on Google Drive under show documents, and everything is there, so we know. Yeah, all in one folder, so there's no rhyme right. or reason to anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Also, in 1994, this is something that I always forget that actually happened. Uh, 1994 Major League Baseball season was canceled when the Players Association went on strike. No way. That's crazy. I, I've heard about this in murmurings, but I've never actually like read more into it. Yeah, yeah, and it's, that's crazy. I, I just can't believe that it, it's hard to believe that an entire season was canceled due to a player's strike, and that's the kind of thing that we expect right. to see in 2020, um, not 1994. <laughs> right? Like, uh, do you know the reasoning behind it? Uh, 
I don't really... Oh, holy cow, we skipped 1993. That's crazy. What caused the 1994 uh, labor battle in the run-up? Claimed that most baseball teams were losing money and that baseball would go bankrupt and go out of business if players' salaries weren't capped and if there was not greater revenue sharing. Oh, gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. So they, I think it was just like the, the the league was trying to be controlled more, maybe. Yeah, it sounds like they were and probably they trying to in. implement a, a cap so that teams wouldn't have to fold and right. players weren't having it. Right. That's interesting. Uh, yes, we did skip 1993, though. I, I was going to say it, but I I decided against it because you were on a roll. Oh, sorry. No, I'll go back and hit it real quick. So 1993, <laughs> Hubble Space Telescope was repaired in space. By a crew on the space shuttle Endeavor, which is that's freaking sweet. That is super cool. I mean, that I don't know to go, not only to put things in space, but then to have them break, and then we'll just be like, oh, we'll send a crew up there to fix it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like I, I, I don't, I don't know much about like the history of the space program in terms of like if this kind of thing has happened before, but. It has to be extremely nerve-wracking because every movie I've seen, when things go awry up in space, when you're trying to fix something, then there's debris everywhere, and then you get hit, and then you become Sandra Bullock, and then you just keep on breathing in your space helmet, flipping end over end, and George Clooney never comes to save you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and the whole thing is just a montage of heavy breathing with a a close-up. Yeah, I know. (laughs) No, we make fun of that, but I really enjoyed that movie, actually. No, no, me too. I thought it was great. I love movies like that. It's good stuff. Yeah. Okay, so uh, also in 1993, this one is interesting because they're still making them. Intel introduces the Pentium microprocessor. Right. Uh, What are they on? Like Gen 7s or something like that Mm -hmm. at this point? I don't know about Pentium. We're on Gen... We're on Gen like 12 for like the i processors. Okay, okay. But I don't know about Pentium. I know you can still go to Walmart and buy a laptop with a Pentium in it. I know that if you buy one, it is a fairly cheese grade, super consumer level. Yeah, I level. was about to say, yeah, they're they're just like your, do you need to Google something? This computer will do it. Right. I think, I mean, you can still buy Windows computers with Pentium, but for the most part, I think they're using them mostly in like uh, Chromebooks and stuff like that now. Oh, I could see that. I could see the, that. And probably a lot in like workspaces for like just like pure data entry kind of stuff. Yeah, that sort of thing, like netbooks and stuff like that that are okay. solely designed for internet browser use. Um, right, right. All the, I mean, you still can get a usable machine in, in Windows, but it's still pretty much uh, super consumer level. It's basically a Facebook machine, you know. Right. I mean, that thing is not going to design your full 3D architecture of your dream home oh oh no no way i mean it's you've got to be well (laughs) above like an i5 for anything like that anyway um right yeah anyway it's still it's interesting that you know it came out in 1993 and it's still in i would say fairly uh large-scale production yeah i'd say so that's crazy all right take us away with 1995 All right, big guy. Rounding in the decade, 1995, the American space shuttle Atlantis docks with the Russian Mir space station for the first time. It's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Five years after, you know, the fall of the the Soviet Russia, 
Um, we pretend to be friends. Uh, the <laughs> online auction, the, 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 the online auction website eBay is founded, which is really, 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 really cool. I feel like eBay had a long running of like being really popular. And then towards the late 2000s, starting in the 2010s, it kind of fell off being like old people use that. Amazon is where it's at. And now I feel like eBay is like coming back again. I would 100% agree with that because I think their market changed a little bit. I mean, obviously you can still go on eBay and you can buy used auction stuff. You can buy antiques and all that right. stuff. But I think their kind of bread and butter now is <clears throat> they went the direction of like Amazon where you can also have third-party sellers. Not, I mean, yeah, but that's, yeah, I mean yeah. that's entirely how eBay was initially. But what uh, I'll, for an example, I know uh, buying car parts, specifically like Ford car parts. I know I've bought a ton from eBay because dealerships and parts warehouses will set up their own eBay accounts and they'll basically have their entire right. inventory on their eBay account. And instead of running a website that you have to deal with running a website, they just list everything on eBay and right. you can buy it there with actual Ford part numbers and all that stuff. And tons of companies are doing it that way. Um, and it seems like they kind of found their uh, bread and butter with that. Absolutely, man. It, it, it's nice because like even then eBay still has like free, nice shipping. And especially with like the resurgence of a lot of like nostalgic items, especially for like people like you and I, mm -hmm. you know, like antique radios or antique like retro video games like things like that ebay oh, is your go-to one-stop shop for that kind of stuff so like, many old like nes games and stuff from ebay yeah um yeah and it just makes sense yeah yeah and and especially now i mean they've had it for a while but uh you know it all kind of adds up you know you can have your your sellers have ratings and you can you can compare it. You can find the same thing from two different sellers, but uh -huh. if this seller has a better rating, you're going to go through them. And you know, they've really right. kind of set themselves up for a, a successful return because I, I think it is kind of without looking at any numbers, uh, it eBay definitely was kind of on a downturn for a while. Um, and it's definitely mm -hmm. on its way back up. Absolutely. And, and I like the thing how it's like, instead of following like a company and stuff on Amazon, it's like you follow a seller that you know that you'll be getting a lot of the same kind of stuff on their channel. Right. So, and I think you, you can set it up expect. that way too. I think you can actually follow a, sell, a seller and be notified when they post new things. Like if right, you find one that, you know, that's using old video games as an example, you find one that has a bunch of good stuff, you can set it up to be notified every time they list something new right. so you can be up to date and if you won't miss anything. Right, or you can subscribe to even keywords. So oh, if yeah. you want PS1 games, right, or like whenever a PS1 posting gets up, you'll be notified being like, hey, new postings in PS1 category or whatever. Mm -hmm. Which is super Stuff useful. kind of cool. Absolutely. That's good stuff. Uh, okay, so also in 1995, the Java programming language is released. And I personally don't have too much uh, experience with this. I know Michelle actually has done a good amount of programming i think with java i think yeah i don't i don't i've never done anything with java either um anything computer-based that i've done would have been like uh c plus plus and uh what's the okay. other internet programming language uh it's like html html um, yeah okay 
Cool. Yep. Never done yeah, anything I with Java. I think she's done. I think she's done Java. I mean, if not, I know I'll get a, a talking to after the show, and <laughs> she'll want me to come back on and absolutely correct it. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, the only thing I know about Java is that it always annoys me when it's like your Java needs updates. There's like, always a Java update. Always. always. God, it's annoying. Um, okay, after that rant, we're still happy. <laughs> 1996, the internet search engine Ask Jeeves is created. I've never, ever heard of this. You've never heard the of Ask Jeeves? Ask? No, what the hell is that? It's just a... I don't know. It's just a search engine, and it was kind of oriented around asking a question, like how does blank work? You know, oh, a lot of people okay. used it that way, and obviously, it's not going to give you, especially in this time period in the '90s, it's not going to give you a direct answer. But that's kind of how it was built and marketed. Um, which I believe Ask Jeeves is not a thing anymore. I think I very vaguely remember in my lifetime, but now it's basically ask.com, which is just another search engine. Right. Right. Yeah. It looks like it died in February 27th of 2006. Um, and then, but on February 26th, 2006, it kind of started directing to ask.com. So that's kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. Yep. It was just one of those, and it's not even really a high level search engine. Even now, I don't really know who's using ask.com. Right, right. You know, I set that as my homepage. Well, I think if you go on a browser and you go to like your default search engines, um, and normally there's like a drop down to choose what search engine you want to use, and I don't even think Ask shows oh. up. Okay, that's so. F- it's probably like Yahoo or like Bing, and then Yahoo, Google Bing, and all that Google, kind of stuff. Google, DuckDuckGo, um, and I, yeah, I don't even think Ask shows up on that list, which just kind of tells you that it's not like. I don't know who, honestly, <laughs> who on earth is using ask.com anymore. <laughs> I know. Or like MapQuest. <laughs> yeah. Or MapQuest. Oh my like goodness. What? I remember, <laughs> I remember going on like trips, you know, going. Yes. I wouldn't say like, not necessarily like vacation, but just like car rides where we, you know, the family doesn't know where yes. we're going. So let's print out the MapQuest and like. Yep. You. You oh I'm sorry I just swore but you print <laughs> off that shit. <laughs> this is a family show, yeah, Nolan. Okay. Um, can we bleep that? Yeah, in post? like like. <laughs> no, I, uh, yeah, we can probably bleep that. <laughs> um, I just remember, like you know, with travel soccer, like if we weren't like carpooling or whatever, my dad and I we'd like wait on our slow computer via dial-up to get to MapQuest, print that <laughs> off. And then, like, it was always the worst when the printer was out of ink and then everything was all spotty. And it's like, is this a left turn or a right turn? Like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. That's it funny. It's freaking nuts. That is really it's good times. <laughs> um, uh, Princess Diana and, Diana and Prince Charles get divorced in 1996. Wow, what a way to end that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of fun with uh, the whole ass Jeeves thing and then we kind of... <laughs> I know. End on a downer on the other one. <laughs> I know. It's okay. We got a few more years left, and then we got some fast facts for the fans. Say that ten times fast. Uh, no thanks. I'll screw it up. <laughs> uh, At least you're honest. 1997. Uh, the first Harry Potter book is published by J.K. Rowling. And this is interesting. I had no idea that that started in 1997. 
Yeah, I knew it was late 90s for sure. It's crazy, man. There's like a huge rabbit hole that you can go down with Harry Potter books Mm -hmm. in terms of like which version or publication is like much more rare, like with uh, different kind of spellings or the way that the um, like notation in the beginning, if it has certain things, your Harry Potter book could be worth like hundreds of dollars. Really? Are there any actual like contextual changes in the book itself? Like is there... Is it written differently or is it all in just the, uh, like the binding and like the, the, the forward and stuff like that from just from my, the little I was working on, because like when we, uh, moved out here for the first time, we were missing a couple books. So we just ordered them like hardback and then replaced, I think a paperback one just to like, you know, have a, have a clean collection, which I know that you completely understand. Oh, um, yeah. So I was just researching this and then, yeah, a lot of it actually deals with like the binding, like the cover, like a lot of times, you know how they have like the one, two, three, four at the top, mm-hmm. the style of the numbers numbering the book series has a lot to play with like how rare it is actually. Cause they change the style in different kind of publications. Really? That's interesting. So that and the forwards. Yeah. It, it, it's crazy how much is just, how much money is placed on that itself. So that was, uh, the Harry Potter series was actually one of, uh, my, uh, my mom and I were, we read in the later, it was more really in the later books, but we pretty much had waited till they came out and got them and read them immediately. And oh, okay, uh, okay. when they were current and uh, obviously 1997 i didn't read that one as it first came out cuz i was 3 years old but <laughs> right um that was kind of our first experience with amazon i believe oh really um, that's interesting back when that's all they did was sell books uh yeah actually i think maybe th- book 3 and later i think my mom had it set up to where uh they were like pre-ordered and we pretty much got them automatically as soon as they came out Wow, um, that's crazy! Kind so of that's, that's kind of my cool. first remembrance of Amazon, I believe. That's cool. I I don't know like how the circumstances were that we got the books, but we had all the books, and I didn't read them until you know I'm still catching up actually. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I remember I remember going uh, to the actual book release of Deathly Hollows with my mom. Oh, really? For like the midnight, yeah, the midnight release. That's kind of cool. Kinda I never, cool. I never was involved in anything like that. Um, I, I dressed up as Draco Malfoy. Did you really? Yeah, I had the blonde hair and everything, so I, I slicked it back and I won an award. I won the best costume award. That's funny. Are there pictures of this? I think so. Somewhere out there, I think probably printed off. Gotcha. Because I'm, a, I'm gonna need to see, see some pictures of this. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing man that's it's funny crazy. and you know what i think a lot of people out there you know uh kind of look down on the harry potter like uh like based on the subject matter you know like ah, who wants oh, to read yeah. about that stuff but you know even if you're not really into that sort of you know the witches and wizards and all that that stuff they are just good well-written books that are Mm-hmm. fun and they're honestly pretty easy to read too you know you get they are she put a lot of information in there and really deep plots but it was also you didn't have to absolutely especially as being a little kid reading these things i mean you don't have to put a lot of work into reading them they're just good easy reads 
Right. And I quite enjoy like the tonality of the books and how they change quite a bit. Like mm-hmm. as they grow up, you can also tell that the books themselves yeah. are much more mature. Yeah. They're, so. yeah. As, as the characters in the book grow up, the books definitely do get a lot darker. Right. Right. Um, all right. Moving on a little bit. Also in 1997, scientists at the Roslin Institute unveiled Dolly, the first successfully cloned sheep. Nice. Gotta love Dolly. (laughs) She became a a platinum producer of records for one of the best, most well-known country artists of all time. (laughs) As soon as you started talking, like I I knew exactly where you were going with that. (laughs) You didn't even get (laughs) very (laughs) far. Yeah, and people ask if those things are real. No, those things are clones. <laughs> That's funny. Um, all right, go ahead and round out the decade here, and then I guess I'll take over the beginning of the fast facts. Sounds good. We're running a little bit long, but it's good to be back. 1998, sorry, nine, yep, 1998, the search engine Google is founded, uh, r- rivaling Ask Jeeves. <laughs> Um, <laughs> also in 1998, Apple computers reveal the iMac computer, which is pretty much the game changer, uh, in competition with Microsoft at the time. Mm-hmm. Cause I, th- I think at that point that was kind of like one of the more market affordable entries for Apple computers that, that kind of became more accessible. Probably. Yeah, I think so. Cause I think Microsoft's definitely started more industrial commercial type stuff and then merged into the consumer platform and they were already around at this time but apple kind of hit wanted to hit the market with like the first easily affordable home computer right right absolutely um 1999 the last thing we have here is the file sharing service napster is created and a lot of times you hear people around like college age this is where a lot of uh mp3 file like first known audio kind of recordings of music are able to be uploaded and shared from like via the internet so mm-hmm. it was kind of a big thing with exploring and, and 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 pushing out a whole bunch of content like music music was especially like the key here yeah and it's not only was it kind of the first online sharing it also kind of made a name for themselves with the whole uh you know copyright infringement and all that stuff um that right. we would see later right. on which was i think in the 2000s somewhere um basically because right. it was so easy to get music for free from napster and this was kind of the first time we were seeing uh online pirating issues right right and almost like the government didn't know what to do about it. Artists were like, what is this? Yeah, it was such a new thing that it wasn't really known how to handle it. Because you, you were never able to mass download free music before. And right, it had right. never been a problem before Napster. Right. All right. All right. So, kind of talk about uh, the first few of these facts here. So, uh in the 90s, Microsoft uh, first included Solitaire in their basic Windows installation. Um, and it's kind of, there's kind of an ulterior motive to this. It was actually um, 
a large portion of the decision to include solitaire was to familiarize people with the drag and drop operations that were new in you know Windows 95. Uh, many new computer users were still very unfamiliar with the graphical user interface that was starting to become popular at the time. Um, you know, it's, so like like oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to ask, like, would the GUI, like the graphical user interface, would that be a lot of, like, the start button, how to how to uh, travel and explore, like, where files are, are stored on your computer, like that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, because prior to uh, mid-90s, everything was keyboard-based. It was more DOS than Windows. Okay. Um, you know, we were just starting to see a more, uh, starting to see an advancement in user interfaces, and... It was, this was kind of designed to get people used to clicking around with a mouse, dragging and dropping uh, things. And it was all kind of designed to emulate maneuvering through basic windows with a mouse instead of doing everything with a keyboard. Right. Wow. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And like those ugly, like off yellow computers. Oh yeah. Well, I think they started out white, and then they would immediate, almost immediately fade to that nasty yellow color. Back when computers <laughs> right, were still right. white. Right. Remember, remember, like old mouse, where they, it was actually like a ball instead of like a laser. It and was, then sometimes, like if it just got so gross and terrible, you couldn't even use it. Oh yeah, those were so nasty. I mean, even <laughs> uh, because basically the XY positioning for all that stuff was it was a roller ball under the mouse with. Mm-hmm rollers inside there one horizontal and one vertical that would track that's what would act it would physically track the rotation of the ball um right you know right. even now like i don't use regular mice i use the roller ball mouse with my thumb on a wheel oh okay and even those there's no rollers in those it's the the ball has like a metallic texture on it and it's just a laser in there watching it so it's the same technology just instead of yeah. moving the mouse around you just roll this ball over a laser Right, and it's tracking it. So yeah, those were terrible, and the buttons on them would be like, kachunk, kachunk. I know, I know, I know. You could hear them across the like, room. Oh my god! Like the scroller bar was like so hard to like get one notch to go. Yeah, like, they were so like, loud, like hard, crispy detents. <laughs> god, I miss them. That's funny. I miss them. I, I I want it bad. I want it back. Uh, so, okay, I'll take one more of these and then I'll let you round it out. So we have the, uh, the top, this is kind of spread out through all of the nineties. That's not necessarily one specific year, but we have some of the top Christmas gifts kind of more focusing on toys. Um, we have the Neo Geo by SNK. I'm not super familiar with, with what that is. Uh, I I think it's like a, it's like a handheld uh, kind of video gaming system. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Kind of like com- competing with like Game Boy quite a bit. Gotcha, that makes sense. We have Batman action figures. Uh, we have the Bob Mackie Barbie, which is... Uh, Bob Mackie was a uh, fashion designer. These were kind of like Bob Mackie-inspired Barbies. Uh, the Madeline Ragdoll. Uh, Tribond game. I think it's Tribond. Um, not really familiar with that either. We have the... Power Drencher water gun. Uh, obviously in competition with the Super Soaker, I believe. Ooh, uh, I love it. Taboo. 
which is a, I mean, honestly, that game, it's more fun to play with the buzzer than it is to play the actual game. <laughs> right, right. Um, and of course, uh, the last and obviously the best Super Mario World video game. Changed everything, man. Yes. Changed everything. Yes. And and since we're on the topic of video games, I was actually completely, utterly wrong about the Neo Geo. Uh, it is a an actual console. It, it looks like it's kind of like trying to pawn off like the uh, Sega Genesis kind of stuff. I am. S- how on earth are we not familiar with this? I I have heard the name, but I I never was able to like put what it looks like with the name. But it is definitely like just look at the controller, man. It, it's definitely taken a lot of things from the Sega Genesis for sure. Yeah, definitely, and it, it looks almost like uh, without reading through all of this, it looks like it was kind of a consolidation of a bunch of stand-up console games, like arcade yeah. games, um, right? Probably all under like a mother company, and then they kind of yeah. Uh, crammed them all into a small home console. It looks like that. Boy, I bet those are yeah. expensive on eBay. I bet eh, it could be. I don't know. I don't know how popular they were, like how big in circulation they are. Well, I don't know. I'm just judging on the fact that we've never heard of it, which leads me to believe that they're probably pretty rare. That's true. Let's go ahead and do all this research live on the show. Holy cow. Hey. Neo Geo oh, at home oh. entertainment system, $700. No way. And that's with like controller and everything. Like, is there any games included? Uh, Neo Geo AES bundle with three games, three controllers, memory card for $700. Wow. Buy it now. Buy it now. I mean, even just a console with one controller, and it looks like it's pretty rough condition. This is about 160, 400. Wow. Yeah, definitely looks like it has a following, and definitely looks like they're in high demand. That's crazy. Well, let me just pull out my Neo Geo right now, and I'll post the listing. Yeah, holy cow. That's nuts. (laughs) Wow. I have to have one now. I know, I know. Right? <laughs> All right, uh, we got the last couple of points here while we round out the episode. After Rat Packer Sammy Davis Jr. passed away at age 64 back in 1990, his widow soon discovered that he was nearly broke and owed a whole bunch of back taxes. She then had his body exhumed, stripped him of $70,000 worth of jewelry that he was buried with, and then he was survived by both his mother, who was 85 at the time, and his grandmother, who was 110 at the time. But at least he didn't owe any more debts after that. Holy moly. What a guy to just be like, well, doesn't matter. I'm dead now. So, How funny it would have been if all that jewelry he was oh buried God. with was fake and it was only worth like 70 bucks. <laughs> right. She tries to pawn it and it's just like, this is, uh, <laughs> this is, not, this is not it. Oh my god, that's nuts! I mean, I mean, you hear a lot of stories about how how just like generous Sammy Davis was, you know. Like all the time, he would just like give the coat off of his back for anybody, which meant spending obscene amounts of money to anybody who was nice to him. Yeah, it turns out that he was a little bit too nice. Yeah, too <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's Gosh, crazy. I don't think my parents ever knew him, so here we are. <laughs> Just kidding. 
Sammy Davis, absolute legend. It's just kind of crazy how all that works out. Yeah. Crazy. Um, all right. So the last thing here, we were going to run down the top five TV shows throughout the 1990s. Number one comes up with, actually, I should go from five to one. Yes. How's that? Okay. Number five. Uh, rounds out to the Cosby Show airing on NBC. You you can you'll hear that one radio like one TV network tend to just sweep it all. So the Cosby <laughs> Network, the Cosby Show on NBC was number five. Number four, A Different World, also on NBC. Coming in number three, we have Roseanne aired on ABC. Sixty Minutes, which is still pretty popular, but a very interesting, in-depth kind of like jur- like investigative journalism kind of show, mm-hmm. aired on CBS. And rounding out the top spot is Cheers, airing on NBC, which was extremely, extremely popular. I mean, that thing kind of came around to be in the late '80s, right? Like it started in the '80s. Oh but boy, it was still, that sounds right. I'm was, not a hundred percent sure on that. Um, okay, I probably should know because I. Uh, I am a huge Cheers fan. I love Cheers. Now, with any show, it ran for way too long, and it went downhill (laughs) at the end. But uh, Cheers is a super, super good show. And the last I knew, it was still on Netflix, I believe. Oh, is it really? I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. If it's not on Netflix, it might be on Hulu. But uh, Yeah, looks like... So it started in September of 82, Wow. And it ended in May of 93. So, like, the show itself stopped early 90s, and it was still number one. Mm-hmm. Like, that's crazy. Ten years later. That's good stuff. Yeah. Super good show. Not surprised that it's in the top five. Right. I love it. That's awesome. All right, big guy. Well, coming up on an hour, what do you think? Good show to come back to? It was a good show. Gave uh, listeners a little bit extra there just because we've been bums. Hold you over. Right, so we'll see you in another three weeks. <laughs> you, got, you got one long episode out of us. Yeah. We'll be back in a... <laughs> we'll take another three weeks and we'll put out... We'll give you about right. an hour and a half. So. Yeah, next time. <laughs> if we, I don't really feel like it. <laughs> All right. I think that rounds us out here. That was episode 111, uh, The Decade of 1990. Thanks so much for sticking with us. We appreciate every single one of you out there. It's been an amazing ride, uh, and this ride just continues. As always, you're listening to Young Nostalgia on your favorite podcasting app. If you like what you hear, please, please give us a kind five-star rating. And if you'd like to spend some time and your hands feel frisky, go ahead and give us a (laughs) review as well. Let us know what you like. (laughs) And if they're extra frisky, you can also send us an email at youngnostalgiapod at gmail.com. Dot com with any future episode recommendations or if you'd like to be talking face to face with Ben and I let us know we'd love to have you on with any topic that you'd be feel comfortable discussing you guys rock Ben anything else big guy no super fun I'm I'm glad we're back coming back with a nice uh, kind of easy listening show um, I think it went good I'm a fan man it's always good to be behind the mic and see your wonderful fabulous face man it just keeps on getting better every time i see you (laughs) pretty much as every time we every time we do a show i am like un my face is just un not even close to shaving scruffy i'm wearing a hat right now because my hair is rough my god i love it as we always say here on young nostalgia my friend keep the bottles empty and the ashtrays full we'll talk to you next week